Namaste. I'm Christy Christensen. I am an author, a teacher, and a wellness leader. So excited to be here on On Call Impact. Very special episode on the Elite Coaches series. I have Christy Christensen, who is an author, teacher, and global wellness leader. It is a true honor to have you on my podcast. I've I've been waiting for this for quite some time. Thank you so much for joining me. You are so welcome. And the honor is all mine. Um, It's always a treat when someone (laughs) hears you on another podcast and was like, oh, I want to interview her for mine. I mean, yeah, when I got your message, (laughs) I was like, I had to have her on my podcast because you've done so much and I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to kind of have you just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. I know that you've been through, you know, a lot of injuries with your back. Um, you went for the Olympics. You started out when you were small in the gym, your mom, you know, you started out when you were two, um, and you just didn't let go. You just kept going and going. And that's why I I love that energy. And I just want you to share that with the audience. And, uh, I'd let you kind of explain how you got where you are. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll see how it goes. This is always, yeah. always a tricky one. You know, yeah. the older you get, it gets trickier. You're like, <laughs> what do I include and what do I leave out? Right. Um, basically my life has been a journey through movement. We could say, um, I, my, as you mentioned about my mother, my mother was a dancer and she had me dancing by the time basically I could walk yeah. and dancing led to gymnastics and gymnastics led to diving specifically platform diving. And it, which caused me to, I moved home at 15 to train at a junior Olympic training center. Like this was my life. It was my life goal. It was nothing existed outside of this realm of, 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 of making the Olympics and hopefully even winning a medal. And I have overcome many injuries. I broke many bones, had many surgeries. And I always believed that with every injury, even that was a huge setback, that it was going to make my story of success that much better. So what was so difficult about the final injury I had when I broke my back um, training for the, it was the 2004 Olympics was I, I couldn't believe it was over. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just going to, I am just going to overcome this. (laughs) I, I never took into consideration that my dream was going to end on someone else's terms, so to speak, or, or it was, it was, I guess it was on my own terms. My body was saying no more, but I did not want to um, admit that. And at 24, I had no other dream. I had no other goal. I hadn't, I didn't know who I was beyond this diver, Mm -hmm. this athlete, this, you know, you know, training to be the Olympian of how, you know, everybody referred to me. And when this time, when the doctor said to me, you know, by 30, you're going to be walking with a cane. And if you want to have kids, you're not going to be able to pick them up. He's like, that's Mm -hmm. how much damage you've done to your spine. So if you do not stop now, Mm -hmm. I I can't even go in to say what might happen to you. So there was really no, no choice. Right. 
And I was, I was devastated. I went through a period of time where I dealt with really intense anxiety um, and depression. And those were new things for me. So I felt not only disoriented because I wasn't training and doing what I loved and what I was so passionate about and that zest that I had for life and living was missing. But then I was going through these like extreme ups, ups and downs. I was like, who am I? Like, who is this? Like, yeah. I, I actually thought I was going mad. Like I was like, I must be losing my mind. Yeah. And if this is what life is, I don't know if, this, if I want it. Yeah. Like, that's really, you know, really where I was. And um, you know, I say this a lot that I think in those moments when when we really do not know what to do and for someone listening that that might sound like, oh, you went through this just because you didn't make the Olympics, they may not be yeah. able to understand. But in that moment in my life, this was the most traumatic thing I had gone through. Yeah. And it was like my life was over. It really was. So I was invited to my first yoga class. Yeah. And at that point to me, I didn't know what yoga was. I, I thought it was some form of exercise. It wasn't cool. It wasn't popular then, but um, Madonna was doing yoga. Oh, back then, right. Back in the then. 90s. And she was like on the cover of like, Time <laughs> magazine and like with like her legs behind her sure. head. Muscles <laughs> I remember being like, okay, like if yoga is good enough for Madonna. I guess it's good enough for me. Right. Um, so I went to the first class and um, with this friend that took me and that just slowly started to, um, you know, change my life mm-hmm. and change the trajectory of my life. And I slowly, and I emphasize the word slowly started to wake back up yeah. and actually come back into touch of who I was as a being, who I was as a soul, not who I was as a diver or as an athlete right. or as a performer and who just actually the essence of Christy was and the real essence of who I am is joy is love. And I was so disconnected from those things. And that's why, you know, I, I really believe the reason that we experience so much anxiety is because we are actually part of us is fractured. Right. And we, Mm -hmm. we're not in touch with actually the essence of, of who we know, who we are, even beyond the logical, the logical mind. And it's so uncomfortable, but we don't know how to get back. Yeah. So what happens is, you know, our energy goes in these, in these big ways. And um, so over time that really the practice of yoga and the discovery of the chakra mm-hmm. system yeah. um, really became this um, roadmap that I didn't know I was looking for. <laughs> Right. Because I didn't have, I didn't know what spirituality is. I didn't, right. um, I didn't know what energy was. Like these weren't things that, you know, now we hear these words, mm-hmm. you know, in everyday language, right. Yeah. Or we, we can, like, even my mom now is like, oh, that energy stuff, <laughs> Where, you know, 20 years ago, it was, I was like, what do you mean my energy body? Right. <laughs> What's that? You know, it's amazing. Um, Amazing story. Um, so, I mean, you got to the highest level, like Olympics, and then just kind of going back. I mean, you were a victim of abuse, um, and you used the gym yeah. to kind of—I uh, don't want to say—just kind of get your life back. That was like your place that you used to go to to kind of de-stress. What would you say? Because there's a lot of people that tune in that are abuse victims, um, and then they 
they do maybe stuff that are not very healthy and things yeah. like that. When you're at a point where you were told like you cannot go any further mm-hmm. and um, maybe your whole outlook just was crushed, you could have gone either way. You could have went the wrong route. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go to addiction, drugs, yeah. alcohol, but you kept on track and, and you were going to the gym, even with a bro- broken back or how did that no, all? So let me backtrack just a little bit. Um, I was a victim of physical and sexual abuse as a very, very young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I actually didn't know until I was much older. I see. And, but the way I was no one pushed me into athletics. Like, you know, a lot of people assume because I was so dedicated at such a young age that I had those kind of parents, you know, like the gymnastics parents you hear about that. They're like, we're going to make you, my parents didn't push me at all. Like I actually would get mad at them because I was like, don't you want me to be the best? You know, (laughs) me to be the best. I have to go to gymnastics before school and after school and I can't go on vacation. (laughs) And I really believe that drive was yes, love for the sport because I would do it all over again, even sure. with all the injuries for sure. But it was my safe place. Mm. So I think part of my drive unconsciously, like, you know, the, the body's so smart, you know, being at the gym was safe for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and training all those hours was safe for me. And if I succeeded in competition, that meant actually I would go up to the next level, which means I would be at the gym even more. Mm-hmm. And then I would be traveling even more to competitions, which eventually led me to move away by the time I was 15. You know, See, so okay. that's that's how I make sense of it now because nobody else in my family is like that. And of course, I've gone to lots of therapy. And, um, and I think some of that drive was to actually allow, like if I said earlier that like really that essence of me is joy, that's what allowed that to stay intact and not be destroyed. Yeah. You know? And so, but where, what happened to me, which I skipped over when I was saying that before, is like, yes, my identity and all those things, but because all that overtraining and all of that kept me from having to deal with the real trauma underlying everything that when that was stripped away, also the anxiety and the depression came from surfaced. Yes. Started these things that I didn't actually even know to be true started. Mm. And that was really, really um, challenging. And I coped with a lot of unhealthy ways too. Um, I I never did really go the route of drugs and alcohol, um, but food became, and that started even when I was an athlete still. And that's, it's very common in, um, any kind of abuse victims, right. They sure. have some, so that was food was something I could control or yeah. go to the other extreme and be out of control with, yeah. you know? Um, so at first when I stopped diving, that got much worse. Um, my mm-hmm. relationship with food and, and with anorexia and bulimia kind of flipping back and forth, just like kind of the anxiety and the depression flipping back and forth. Um, and I was I'm very lucky because for all practical purposes, I probably should not be here. Yeah. You know? Um, and I do believe that even though I was this high level athlete, I had this amazing ability to not be in my body most of the time. And to like, 
you know, and that's where that, that fracture was for me mm-hmm. that I could exist out here and not have to feel what was going on yeah. in here. And I think that's also how I dealt with all the injuries and the pain because I couldn't leave the body. So I wasn't even fully feeling the full impact of all my injuries either. If that yeah. can, you can even imagine that to make sense. Yeah. But then going into the practice of yoga, I started to feel everything, you know, even in the simplest way of actually just feeling my hands pressing down into the ground and then feeling the breath moving mm. into the back of my body and feeling my rib cage expand and feeling like moving through, like, so from the most like tactile to the most subtle to then once we start to feel the physical body, we're going to start to feel the emotional yeah. body. And connected, once we yeah. breathe into the physical body, we're going to breathe into the places with all the things that are, have been suppressed, denied, you know, mm-hmm. rejected and, and, and stored in the body at the cellular um, level. So in many ways, like yoga, the chakras, um, you know, saved my life. Yeah. And I want to get to the chakra system and have you kind of yeah explain that. Um, I know that on Gerd's podcast, you meant, mentioned the Lotus. I'm very fascinated with that. Mm. Also, I have a, a pretty big tattoo on my arm for the Lotus flowers peeling back all the way down to like my arm here. Wow. Because it, it represents to me, like you, you can all, you're always changing. We're, we don't have a destination. And it seems like what you went through from beginning to now, you're, there's, you're constantly changing. There is no end destination. Can you, can you explain how that, that metaphor a little bit? Yeah. So um, the Lotus flower, it's, it's a beloved symbol for the chakra system and, mm-hmm. and, and for just spirituality and yoga overall. But um, there, the, the chakras, each of them are actually described as a, as a, as a flower with a certain amount of petals mm-hmm. and the one that's at the crown of the head is said to have a thousand and eight petals unfurling and in Mm -hmm. yoga the number a thousand or a thousand and eight is the number for the infinite so it's this Mm -hmm. idea of this infinite unfolding of consciousness that we like that like literally like the wisdom of the seventh chakra is that we are boundless right that evolution without limits is possible when we stay open when we stay aligned when we stay connected and that also leads to unlimited possibilities you know unlimited discoveries not just of who we are but who we can become and mm-hmm. what we can do in the world and um what what is so beautiful about the metaphor here is that the a lotus can only grow in the mud i it didn't know that in, yeah it grows in the darkness it grows in wow. the muddy soil of the earth of the swamp of the water whatever however you want to visualize it and this is the representation of the spiritual journey that for us to really blossom and bloom into our full potentiality we have to be willing to go down into our own darkness into Mm -hmm. our own shadows into our own unconscious to all the places within us that we do cast away, that we do deny, that we do suppress. Or it's also, one of my teachers says, the shadow is, is also our greatness, that place that we're afraid to touch that greatness, yeah. right? So being willing to go down in that and not bypass it, but actually go right through it. And through the darkness, we start to search through for the light. So just like the Lotus, it starts here and then it starts to search for the light. 
So there's a deep honoring that happens. There's a deep nourishment, right? We even think about being in the womb. We grew in the darkness of the womb for nine months when we yeah. were in our, inside of our mother. So this, we are also deeply nourished by this mm-hmm. darkness, by the mud, by the soil, by the earth. And, and we're searching for the light. We're searching for the light, not to deny what's in the darkness, but to bring what's in the darkness to the light. And what's so beautiful about the lotus is once it gets there, it's completely untarnished. It's not covered in mud anymore. <laughs> the most beautiful flower, right? Whether yeah. it's pink or gold or white or rainbow, it just it just opens blossoms. up to the light. It opens mm-hmm. it blossoms in the light. It's nourished by the darkness and it's brightened by the light. And that's that's the spiritual journey, right? We have to have our roots down deep we have to be willing to go inside right so that we can actually in a healthy integrated whole way yeah and can can really open to spirit to divine to (laughs) god to goddess to higher consciousness and and allow that infinite unfolding to happen yeah that's beautiful um so powerful too you know it, it just represents kind of who you are also like how you got to where you are, are today so it represents who you are too yeah we're <laughs> you know, all it represents us all and we're all of us yeah, yeah. And, i mean like i said a lot of people tuning in you know they they've been through abusive relationships narcissist abuse all these um types of things and a lot of them ask me, like, you know, when am I going to get out of this darkness? When is it going to stop? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes we have to go through all of that, yeah. just like the mud and and mm-hmm. blossom. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, yeah. and I, I'd love to just interest. Yeah, go ahead. another thing, like for anyone that is in that place of of when am I going to be out of this darkness? Mm-hmm. Something that helped me dramatically is this idea of of wholeness. Is if 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 we think of it as a circle, right? One side of us is in the dark, but the other side is still in the light. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're never, we're never lost completely in the darkness. And we just, because we're going through something that maybe brought us to our knees or something that is challenging beyond measure, it, it does not mm-hmm. mean lost access to all the good in the world. And I think um, there's a saying that I love that you know, part of this human experience is to be able to hold simultaneously the joy and the terror of what it is to be alive. Yeah. So we can be connected. And I use the word joy in, in, in a very blissful and a very enlightened way, not as a frivolous emotion, but as like a, an emotion of like just utter life and living. And in that, right, is this other side of, 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 of sorrow or disgust, or, you know, we have all these different emotions and we don't want to trade one for the other. We actually want to expand our bandwidth to be able to hold them all and then dance between them. So just because I'm in a place of struggle, it doesn't mean I've lost access to the, also that place of joy, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it, it, it's not to belittle someone's situation if you're su- suffering right there, but just sure. you can keep that seed of hope alive that half of you actually is right now brightening in the light. Yeah. You know? It's powerful, powerful things. You know, just, um, I hope you guys are getting a lot of this because it's, it's, I can definitely feel it. Um, so I want to ask you, 
a little bit about yoga because I know a lot of people that are tuning in, you know, they see what they see on the media right. and back in the eighties, like the yoga pants and all that jazz and the ohm. Um, what are some myths? Cause like when some people do think about it, they think about being in a pretzel and maybe in a heat heated room and doing all these moves, but it is so much more than that. Can you explain? Cause I know you have your own technique mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. can you explain like just to the audience, like what yoga is and, and what it's not really? I mean, cause we think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, to me, yoga is everything. <laughs> like literally, like to me, yoga is everything. Yoga is like the word itself. And this is why it gets convoluted in a lot of ways, right? Um, the word itself comes from the, the root, which is yuj, which means to yoke or to join or to ignite, right? It's this coming together, just like my fingers are interlocking now, this coming together of mind, body, heart, spirit into wholeness, into unification, first within yourself, and then with the world around you. Mm -hmm. So it's about bringing consciousness, awareness, breath. That's why breath is so important to the yoga practice um, and brings us, the breath calls us into presence, into the here and now where we can actually impact change and heal and evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the world of Instagram has, you know, maybe broadened the landscape of yoga, but it also in many ways has, has created these myths that yoga is doing a handstand or yoga is being <laughs> size two model. Right. Yoga means you have to be on the beach at sunset, <laughs> you know, doing your, you know, your pose, um, your pose perfectly. And, um, for me, the practice of yoga, of the, the physical practice of yoga, it's first and foremost an embodiment practice about coming home to your body, like I was saying before, of like feeling your hands on the ground, you know, feeling your spine extending, um, feeling the strength of your body. So at first is this practice of, of, of coming home to your body, feeling your body and strengthening the vessel in which your soul resides, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the alignment is really just important a to keep you safe, of course, but also to allow this free flow of the energy to move through you. Right. And then the breath guides it all and brings mm-hmm. it all, all um, together. And so what I'd like to tell people is that like, first of all, like I don't practice yoga to be good at yoga. Mm -hmm. Like I practice yoga to be good at life and to be a better person because when I don't do yoga, I am kind of, most people don't believe this, but I'm kind of cranky. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not as calm. Like it works out all my aches and pains. Um, I'm not as comfortable in my body. I'm not as clear in my mind. I'm not as connected to my heart. I'm not as connected to my emotions because the body is the gateway in. We start with the physical and then from a grounded place, just like we need the lotus flower to be rooted down into the earth, right? From this grounded place, it's more safe to feel the emotions that I'm feeling. And now I know in those moments where I'm restricting movement, where I'm like, no, I don't want to practice today. It's a signal. It's like, okay, what's going on? What don't you want to feel? Yes. 
you know, because it's like we put on this armor of protection and what does armor do? It keeps us safe, but it also keeps us from moving. So first and foremost, it's an embodiment practice. And then as we go deeper into our body, it sounds counterintuitive, but as we go like deeper into ourselves, we can connect more deeply to our emotions, to our hearts, to actually how we feel. And then it becomes a liberation practice, you know, to free us from, yeah. you know, the limited, the limited constructs of our body. It frees us from the limited constructs of our mind. And for me, it connects me to spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it, I, again, when I began yoga, I didn't know, I thought yoga was just exercise. So that would be the other myth that yoga is just hands yeah, models and that yoga is really <laughs> exercise. You absolutely can get amazing health benefits physically from yoga, but sure. that's just one aspect. That's just one yeah. aspect. And, but that's the gateway in. So if, if you just want to feel better in your body, right? If you have some aches and pains and having breath and space in your body is going to make it feel a lot better, you know, moving in your body, moving your joints in all these different directions mm-hmm. is going to be very healing for anyone. Um, and then, and then it kind of opens the door and mm-hmm. we can go into these other layers or of, of our own being. And we have yeah. just like the Lotus can keep unfurling, keep unfurling, keep unfurling into more. I mean, more. I'll say like, I used to work out. Well, I still work out, but when I did one yoga session, it was like the hardest workout that that I've ever done just because you're holding those poses. And my misconception was like, what what is this going to do for me if I hold a pose for this long? It was like lifting weights for like an hour and a half. Like it was like the same intensity. I was sweating. Mm -hmm. I was shaking. Like my muscles were shaking. And I was, I felt like like I was doing something good for my body. Um, Absolutely. Like it's, it's the best crop. Like I, I, I mean, I was an athlete my whole life. Like I've done every kind of <laughs> modality there is to do. Right. And so I'm not telling you stop everything else you're doing and only do yoga, but so, but yoga is amazing cross training for anything else you're doing because you're moving in your body. And the reason it was so difficult because you were moving your body in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So you're strengthening. And the beautiful thing about yoga is it's, it's this coming together of strengthening and stretching to create mm-hmm. the balance. So we create this notion of like an integration or an integrity in the whole system between building strength and flexibility, mobility. And then through that, we create a really beautiful synergy of balance within our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So no okay. matter what you do, <laughs> golf to gym, to tennis, to whatever else, like, um, yoga will on the pure physical level, not only the mental and emotional level will absolutely enhance everything else you do. Including the mental part, because mental for sure, anxiety, depression, even like, I know a lot of people have back pain like me. Um, (laughs) but, um, as I grow older, Mm -hmm. I want to incorporate that for until like in my 50s 60s 70s because there has been scientific fact that it in longevity you know like people that do that um it's in the science so you can't really make it up no so if you guys are listening the yoga practice (laughs) is about creating space in the body Mm -hmm. what happens to us as we get older we shrink 
right? We shrink our, our, the, um, the liquid in between our joints, our synovial fluid in our body, it, it dries up. We, instead of Mm -hmm. being a plump grape, like we were when we were born, (laughs) we start to become a raisin, right? So it's all of this. So what does yoga do? So we're going to breathe into, and we're going to stretch our body. We're going to create space back into the plate, back into all the places, back into the joints, allow the synovial fluid to keep moving, right? Mm -hmm. To nourish all the joints and the tissues, Mm-hmm. So that we can, it's almost like a WD-40, you took the Tin Man and, you know, WD-40 his whole body every day. Like, yeah. and then he'd be able to go out through his day and feel good. <laughs> Same with us. That's what the yoga practice yeah. does with the physical body when we do it with conscious, you know, awareness. Awareness. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was like a lot of information. I hope you guys got, are getting a lot out of it. But before we take off, I want to give you kind of like the last word to maybe somebody had tuned into this podcast. They've, they've never really tried yoga and they're a little apprehensive about going mm-hmm. forward and they're dealing with anxiety, depression, maybe previous abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just trying to make sense of their life life. Mm-hmm. What would be like something they can do just to kind of introduce themselves to something like yoga or because some people, maybe they're not in the best shape, you know, maybe, they're a single mom or a single person who hasn't worked out in years and they're kind of apprehensive. What can you um, recommend or, or just kind of tell someone that, you know, this is what you should try, like just in the beginning without getting spooked. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing, like the beautiful thing about the yoga practice is it can meet you where you are at. As long as you can put the ego aside and don't sign up for an advanced yoga class. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And if you think about when you learned to ride a bike, when you were a kid, you learned with training wheels, Mm -hmm. right? And then you took the training wheels off and you were successful, right? You didn't crash and burn, but if you didn't have those training wheels, what would have happened? The same things with, with, with anything new we're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. So you know, I would suggest right now, um, there's so many online resources Yes, mm-hmm. where you, what's beautiful about that, as long as you show up <laughs> is that you can do it in the privacy of your own home mm-hmm. right? and, and be in an environment where you feel safe and you feel comfortable. Right. And, and, um, you can, uh, begin to learn that way, but, you know, on your own, if you're dealing with, um, you know, anxiety, and depression or whatever it might be, start with your breath. Yeah. You know, um, either sit grounded or stand and feel your feet on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. like you can close your eyes. You can bring your, and if closing your eyes doesn't feel good, don't close them. Like I like to touch my physical body. So I like to take my hands to the sure. center of my chest. Some people like to take one to the chest, one to the belly. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm seated or standing, I'm, I'm feeling my points of contact with the ground. So since I'm seated now, I'm feeling my sit bones pressing down, I'm rising up to the spine and I can feel my hands on my chest. So that is something that I know to be true. Right. And there's, there's something I can trust in that. And that's actually a first step of like trusting what is real and what is happening now. And then I start to slowly just deepen the breath. So inhaling, allowing your belly to expand, allow your rib cage to broaden and just breathing all the way up into the front and the back and sides of the heart and holding it for a moment. 
and then opening your mouth and just letting it go. You can just continue like that a few rounds on your own. Maybe you do it three times, four times, five times, nice and slow. There's nothing you can do wrong, all right? What so often happens, we go into this mind of judgment. Am I doing it right? Yes, and that's what actually <laughs> causes more anxiety and more yeah. depression, you know? So it's just, just trust, like trust what is real. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do wrong. And then I switch the attention slightly to like, what is it I need right now? Like, and, and, and just name it. Like, maybe I just need some calm and peace. Yeah. Or maybe I need some courage. So as I inhale, I breathe that in. I breathe, I, I breathe in peace. I breathe in courage. Right. And then on the exhale, I breathe out whatever's blocking me from receiving that. So that could be a practice you do for five minutes or five yeah. breaths. And I promise you, if you do it every day for the next 40 days, you will see a massive shift from just that. And then for movement, come to any of my programs. I will take very good care of you. (laughs) Get my book, Chakra Rituals. I will hold your hand for seven weeks, moving you through the energy centers of the body. And we start with the foundation. We start with the root. We start with the physical body. And then Mm -hmm. we move to the emotional body we move up to our empowerment and to our confidence and our courage and we move up into our heart and the space of love we move up into the power of our voice and our creativity we move up to our vision and our intuition and our inner knowing and then we our final step is when we really how we connect with the infinite expansion and we connect with god and i um i offer a variety of, of practices from and they're all micro practices. So 15 minutes mm-hmm. or less um, from, from mudra, the yoga of the hands to meditation, to breath, mm-hmm. to a little move, um, a, a mini yoga practice. I call them body prayers. Um, and I did audio or video recordings for all of the practices that come with mm-hmm. the book. So you could also practice along um, with my voice. Sounds amazing. And before we take off, can you just tell the audience where we can find you if you want to drop a website or because yeah. I know you're doing a lot of things all over the world and it's an yeah. honor for me to, for you to be here. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, the best place to reach me is uh, I'll give you two Christy Christensen.com. You just have to make sure you spell my name right because it's spelled a little different. I know. Um, and then Instagram. Instagram is a great place to at least initiate. And then I'll, if you write me a DM, I'll write you back. And then I might say, let's take this to email so I don't lose it in the flow. But um, in my Instagram is Christy underscore Christensen. And from both of those places, you'll find my book website. You'll find my programs, my in-person mm-hmm. retreats, my online things. Um, and hopefully I'll get to meet you somewhere in the world at some oh, point. That'd be awesome. All the links will be in the bio, guys. Definitely check her out. I mean, you're doing some wonderful stuff and um, and buy my book yeah i'll have that in available. also it's available yeah. everywhere where books are sold basically. amazon too i hope amazon too yeah that's okay. even though i know a lot of people don't su- want to support amazon <laughs> but it's, it's very easy to get on amazon and if not yeah. there's um there's a great site called indie books mm-hmm. and they uh and on my book website i have all these contacts on there and you can literally type in your zip code and it will let you order the book from a local bookstore. So there's there you go. many different routes to, to get it. 
Well, thank you again so much. I've learned so much from you and I'm really going to try this myself because I've, you know, I've heard so much about it. I I had a bad experience with a hot yoga um, Mm -hmm. one hour where I was like, like feeling dizzy and and I was like okay maybe I should hold it back and maybe not do like such a hot room and yeah just do it one other thing (laughs) what we said about yoga is there's many 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 different kinds of (laughs) yoga if you found one you because at first when I began yoga I thought there was just one kind of yoga no Mm -hmm. there's many different kinds of yoga so if you find one you don't like just try another one because I Mm -hmm. guarantee there is going to be one that you love well there you have it guys you're always welcome back, Christy, and I uh, wish you the best. Stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And you guys stay tuned for the next episode and always keep moving forward. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.